0: Hello
1: and welcome to episode 22 of the Kodak Call, the KodakMoments.com podcast. And today, Matthew and I are here to talk about the post-E3
0: carnage. Is that a, that a good description? <sighs> the carnage is not quite the right word, is it? But yeah, definitely the, all the info that we liked or didn't know about um, that came out of E3. And um, comparing back to our predictions from just over a week ago, see how we did. So that should be a lot of fun. Right. I mean, I suppose moving swiftly on. Yeah, let's um, we haven't done it in a little while. Um, should we a crack at what we've been playing? Because I've realised looking at show notes that we've both got quite long lists for the change of things we've been getting through.
1: All right, let me drop a sting. Sting dropped. Right, so uh, we have been playing stuff, which is not we actually. Do you know we haven't sat down for one of these proper for a, a little while, have we? Because there's there's stuff on here that. I've been playing ages ago and i would forgotten about.
0: Yeah, well, I'm looking at the one kind of near the top of the list and Rainbow Six Siege, and that's the reason it's on here. It's because we sat down with the new maps, the one on the boat and um, some other bits and pieces, and had a good session on it. And that must be, it must be two months, three months ago? We did, and it was it was before Operation Dust as well. It was the weekend before that came
1: out. That was a while ago. Yeah. Still a cracking game. Um, lots of fun. The The new maps or the new map that we, we played, pretty good.
0: Yeah, I enjoyed that. I, th- I thought um, but, the... Particularly
1: like the, the ice-bound yacht.
0: Yeah, it does work really well. And you know what, for some reason, reminded me a little bit of Splinter Cell and infiltrating a yacht, even though it was obviously slightly different. But it, That was the Blacklist DLC, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And I no, really enjoyed it. It's, Six Siege is a cracking game. Um, It really isn't. It's one that I keep thinking I should play more of.
1: We we really need to jump back on it actually. So uh, a lot of fun there. We need to do the operation Dust and the new operatives. What did you make of those?
0: Um, I don't think I unlocked any of them. I think I just stuck. No, with we didn't because leveling mine up
1: because we haven't we haven't played anywhere near enough to unlock them, and we're both too stingy to have bought the season pass.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> okay. When when it's a game we only play once every three months,
1: it's um it's
0: not worth spending the money on it.
1: Definitely not, but I think I saw it was, um, it was in the sale, the, the double discount sale, on the PlayStation Network for about 20 quid. Oh, that's a bargain. So if you're undecided, seriously, pick it up and, uh, and drop us a tweet and we will play it with you.
0: And if you play on PC, keep an eye out because I think every now and again Ubisoft actually put it on for free. Didn't they do a free weekend not long back? Um, and you, could, you just basically had access to the full game. Um, I think it costs you a little bit more in-game currency to open up operatives, but you've got to keep your progress if you then transition to the full game. Well, that sounds like a good deal. Yeah, I think that's what it was. But yeah, it, it seemed like a, a nice way of introducing people
1: to it. Try before you buy. Oh, yes. Okay, so Matt, what what else have you been playing?
0: Um, Let's see. I will mention quickly, I mentioned Coffin Dodgers because there's a review on the site. It's a bit of a karting game. Um, Yeah, that's all I need to say about it. It's. It's okay. It's it's entertaining <laughs> for an hour or so. Um but it, it feels like it's lacking a lot of the cart staples that you'd expect. But it's not bad. What what is what is it? It's it's geriatrics getting hunted by the Grim Reaper. Um and they basically challenge him to cart races because everybody knows if you beat the Grim Reaper at a, at a game. Um, you get to keep your soul and stay alive. And that's what it is. Didn't know that. Yeah. Keep it in mind. It might be handy in a few years. And (laughs) that's what it is. Um, Yeah, you're riding around a a retirement home, um, a retirement community rather. And the levels are quite nicely structured. It it does play really smoothly. There are nice levels of upgrades for your carts and the weapons and things like that. It it does, it's by the numbers, cart racing. It's just missing some of the key features. You expect like a jump and slide. You, you you know the things that you used to from Mario Kart or from Crash Team Racing or those the classic kart games. It's just not there, and it kind of limits its appeal. Despite the fact it's actually an open, almost an open world, you, you have got an option to do that with it. So it's a little bit disappointing from that aspect.
1: I can't remember uh, what you wrote about it exactly on the website, but I'm hoping that you use the tagline "Marry old kart."
0: Oh no, that's far better than the tagline that I put. <laughs> I can't I can't remember what I put. It's a while back. Go back and change it. Yeah, I will do. I'm going to alter that one. <laughs> okay. Um, What else have I played? I bought God of War 3 Remastered cheap because I said to myself, if I saw it at a good price, I was going to get it. And I thought 15 quid was a good price. Um, it's, it's great fun to play back through. Sadly, I didn't actually get to the end of it because Uncharted 4 arrived. So I moved on to that instead. And again, review on the site for this one. And... Um, Uncharted 4 is possibly, and I'm weighing it up in my head now on whether it's better looking than Assassin's Creed Unity was. I think it is. I think it's better looking than that, and it plays really nicely. And it's a good game. It's not the best Uncharted story, though. Oh, that's interesting. Which is? I still think Uncharted 2 is the best story, followed by Uncharted, then Uncharted 3. Um, and then probably Uncharted 4. Golden Abyss, I can't actually remember the story of, so I'm not entirely sure where that place is. Probably at the back. But it's it. It's a decent enough send-off for the series. It is a phenomenal-looking game, but it's just not quite what I was expecting story-wise. And genuinely, it does come down to the story, because the gameplay is superb. Um, but the whole pirate thing, I mean, even the last the last sections, it just feels like you're playing the Goonies. It's it's just a little <laughs> bit disappointing at the end. Okay.
1: Um I got given it for my birthday. Actually. Oh, did you? So um but I, yeah, but I've still got the Nathan Drake collection to finish. So I'm I think I should do that first really.
0: Well, in terms of in terms of what I, I thought of it, I traded it last weekend. So um I played through it once. I've done some of the online. The online's good fun. It is really nicely structured and, and really good fun. But um I kinda knew I was never gonna go back to it, so it's been traded already. So not even not even with DLC, you're not tempted to go back. No, no. Um, they're just I I know what I've been like with the Uncharted games in the past. So it's either hang on to it until it's worth nothing, or trade it a little bit earlier and get more cash for it, which is what I did. Okay, dokie. Now I see. Oh, on. I'm going to let you talk about the next one. Oh well, no, actually, is it is it is it the next is it the next bold one you've got in the show notes? Uh, no, no, it's the next one under Uncharted Four because. I think we we both got this. Oh yeah, that one. Oh Doom. Yes. Yeah, Doom.
1: Uh we we've, we've both played quite a lot of Doom. I've not quite finished it yet, which is um a shame because I still need to review it. But I love it. Absolutely love it. It's brilliant. Really brilliant. It's is fantastic, isn't it? Really really good. I I don't know exactly where I am. I'm I'm back on Mars after my little, you know, day trip to hell. Yeah. <laughs> um but as you do, but uh, it, it's absolutely phenomenal. Really, really good. Just totally took everything that I've learned from first-person shooters in the past decade and
0: threw it out the window and said, "Just run and gun." Yeah, it does, doesn't it? It it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't say recover your health by hiding behind this wall and, and tactically snipe. It is just don't get shot. Yeah, it basically says if if you're feeling a bit poorly,
1: beat someone up until you can pop their eyeballs out with your thumbs, and then they'll give you a little bit of health. <laughs>
0: And you'll feel a lot better about it. Yeah.
1: Brilliant. So therapeutic. Love
0: it. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. I, that came for me at the same time as Uncharted 4 did. Um, and that might be part of my feeling towards Uncharted 4 is I resented Nathan Drake for taking me away from Doom. Wow. Because Uncharted 4 is a game that you've really, really been looking forward to as
1: well. So I think I think that speaks huge volumes.
0: It, oh, it, it did. It's a, it, Doom has surprised me how good it is. And we're just talking single player. It's before you get into the multiplayer or the snap map, you know, the the total... Huge functionality map editor um and, and level creator F- fantastic offering that's just come really after a beta that people didn't like because they didn't like the multiplayer aspect of it and and then the full games landed and it's just phenomenal
1: i am d- I'll be up front again it was another beta I didn't get into uh well got into it, but I just didn't get time to play it but really, really pleasantly surprised with the game and it was one of those ones i didn't i didn't buy. Until until you'd kind of said this is something special, and it was after that I totally caved.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is, and it's worth it. Definitely worth it.
1: Really, really good fun. Um, and it bodes well. You know, we've had we've had Wolfenstein. We've had two great Wolfenstein games. We teased a third. Uh, we've had Doom, which is is you know uh, brilliant, really brilliant. But again, they they both have their unique identities, not just in. Not just in visual aesthetic, but in in gameplay, they're both quite unique. Yeah,
0: they are. Um, it, it's not identical releases from the the Bethesda teams, is it? They are. No, you know, they're on their so own it merits. Gets, it
1: gets me excited for what we're going to talk about later.
0: Right. So let's move on quickly then. All right then. In in the time since we have last talked about games, um, Homefront: The Revolution and Dead Island Definitive Collections. I've had both of those two as review copies. The reviews are upon the site as well. Um, home front, meh. It is, it's got a few really nice ideas to it. Um, the overall execution, which has been widely publicized, has, has kind of let it down, unfortunately. Um, when the highlight of the game is an Easter egg of time splitters, you know you're in trouble. Yeah, that's. it's not a great praise, is it? No, but it, it isn't a terrible game. It has not deserved the absolute mauling it has had, but it does have issues. I think if you're eyes wide open going into it, knowing about those issues, it becomes less of a problem. But if you were expecting something perfect, I can understand you'd be very, very annoyed at it. Coming out of Deep Silver as well, then Dead Island Definitive Collection, that's just a massive amount of content for 25 quid. That's two two full 30-hour games plus a bonus side-scrolling beat-em-up. Um, all I was going to say,
1: that's... You get that. You get that with it, didn't you?
0: Yes. Yeah. It all all comes in the pack, and it's the Dead Island and Dead Island Riptide done in the Dying Light engine. So you've oh, you, it's smooth. It doesn't crash. It doesn't stutter. It works really well. And remembering how much fun we had co-op Dead Island, um, it's just great. That's what I remember is Sunday
1: mornings playing uh playing Dead Island. Uh, on the PS3. It was, it was phenomenal fun, but um, I'm really tempted because I never finished it. Didn't you? Because you finished it. No, because
0: you finished it, and did you trade it? I, I did, but not straight away. I think I kept it for a while.
1: Yeah, I think I think you traded it, and I was like, oh, I've lost my co-op partner. Yeah, <laughs> Whatever.
0: It'll come out on PS4 one day. Well, this one's not getting traded, so um, if you do decide to pick it up, I've got it. And then on, on my left, I've got about four other things here, but I think I might <laughs> just talk about one, and that's the that's the resident evil 7 demo i'm going to talk about that's that one.
1: not what i think we're going to talk about
0: no yeah MJ. resident evil 7 so they announced it at the sony press conference and then put a demo on the store and we have been told that the demo is not what the full game is going to be like but it is very much a first person pt style affair and it is it is quite unnerving it's a little bit jumpy at points. Um, And it it lasts about 15 minutes, but you can do multiple playthroughs, find secrets, have alternate endings. So they've put a little bit in there to tease. It's nice, but it's not Resident Evil. And I don't understand why they've done this, if I'm honest, have released it and gone, oh, but the game's not going to be like that. So why put it out in the first place? It's a little bit strange. You could have just released anything uh, released it and not called it Resident Evil. They called it something completely different and just said oh, playable teaser" something like that. But it's just, yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand why they've called it Resident Evil Seven and done it in this format. Even though it's quite nice to play. Is it scary? It is a little bit unnerving. I wouldn't say it was scary. Um, I mean, if you, there would be a couple of points that could make you go, <gasps> but that'd be about it. And well, certainly,
1: certainly more so than um the last few games is what I've heard. Oh yeah, yeah. It's scarier
0: than Five was. That was the last full one I played, and I loved. I did really enjoy Five, um, but it wasn't scary. Whereas this is this is unnerving. It's got that nice. It's very much if you played the PT uh, demo teaser, then you'll know it's that kind of thing. I was too scared to play PT. Yeah, don't try this then. <laughs> it's In the dark, frightening
1: games. That's why on I, your own. That's why I never. That's why I never played Alien Isolation. I I
0: nearly bought you that just to make you play it. And stream it.
1: No, don't. I'm too frightened. Of yeah, it. I, I might I, do. I what might was do. That? Actually, I might do. Was it Outcast that I I played a bit of?
0: Yeah, well, you didn't like Outcast. It wasn't that it was scary. You just didn't like it. It was rubbish, actually. Yeah, yeah that might have been part of it. Whereas Alien Isolation <laughs> is so good,
1: it's terrifying. It's too scary for me. It's too. It's,
0: it. it was too scary for me. I had, to, I had to force. I had to persevere with that one um okay
1: so good list of games i know there's um i know there's more on there but is that all you wanted to talk about
0: yeah because i think the the rest will, will might if we're lucky we might cover some of the one, same ones um the only one that actually, i haven't mentioned mirror's edge catalyst but in fairness i've only played about an hour and a half of it um and i need to play more because i'm aiming to review it fairly soon as well oh no no i have missed one haven't i i've have missed one oh idiot um trials of the blood dragon
1: you see, that's the one I thought you were going to talk about when I said I didn't think you were going to talk about the other one because I've actually got it on in front of me and I was playing it as you were talking.
0: <laughs> yeah, I um, yeah, yeah, completely forgot about that. It's because I'm looking at the bottom of the list and that's halfway through it. Um, Yeah, Damien I mean, will have a review up by the time this podcast goes up. Uh, But it, it, yeah, where did that come from? I know there's been bits and pieces throughout the year about it and the, um, the various hints, but for it to get announced at the Ubisoft show and then on sale immediately, um, I couldn't say no. So It was a nice touch, wasn't it? It was. Um, and considering how much I really liked the aesthetic of Blood Dragon, the Far Cry 3 one, I thought, I've got to give it a go. And this is just truly silly, but a trials game.
1: I bought it the night it was released, and I'll, I'll be honest, I've not had a chance to play it. So I thought I'd whack it on while while you were talking about it, and and I've just a minute ago finished playing through the first level. It seems like you know trials based fun. I've not really seen much of it. What I do like is the loading screen. How can I describe the the Ubisoft and Red Link splash screens uh, as it loads?
0: I don't think you. I don't think you can.
1: No, I can. I can do it exactly. It's a bit like the introduction to Saved by the Bell
0: it is actually now you've said it it is a little the bit only way sad, i can describe way. it yeah. yeah the whole the whole game is just fun. if i mean if you like the trials games you'll enjoy it the, there's a nice variation in gameplay as well it's not all on a motorbike i think some of it actually is in the trailer footage it's not really uh spoiling anything but there's some on foot sections um and there's various different vehicles and and some silly stuff it it works really well. I'll be honest, the bit the only bits I haven't liked actually been the on foot because some of them it just isn't as smooth and as flowing as you used to from your bikes. Um but I do like the sort of the most significant change for me anyway is all the levels are uh, time based for your score now instead of attempt based. So you don't max out your attempts and then are not allowed to finish the level. Oh, yeah, that's good. Because some of the extreme tracks in Trials were so hard. You'd hit the 300 limit about halfway through, and you're kind of in that frame of mind where you didn't care how how many tries it took. You just wanted to get to the end of the level, and it would never let you. But with this, it appears to be time-based, and if your time runs out, the level doesn't stop. You just don't score. And that's nice because you can still progress. And given that it actually has a story to it, that makes sense, whereas Trials... Kind of had a story, but really it was a collection of levels. Um, but it, it's no, it's really good. I fin- I actually finished it uh, this morning, um, and I've opened up the extreme levels as well. And I've done the first one of them, and I think it's the first extreme level from any Trials game that I've ever completed. And do you get to ride the titular Blood Dragon? I'm not saying. <laughs> but you might be disappointed. Oh. Anyway, now
1: I've remembered that one, you can go on. Okay, well, as I say, I've played the first level of *Charles of the Blood Dragon*. I've played *Doom*. Um, what else have I played? I've played *Quantum Break*. What's that like? It is actually quite a lot of fun. Uh, some interesting, different mechanics. I've played about the first two acts of it. Um, but what I actually really like, and I know it's kind of divided opinion, is I I like it being broken up by the episodes of the the uh, you know air quotes TV series.
0: And did they because I think you mentioned on the last time we talked about it you were downloading the episodes and did no does I, that work no. all right or is it I wasn't I wasn't downloading
1: the episodes uh, you can download the episodes I was actually streaming them which did work even with my Fisher Price broadband so Oh that's quite good so it, you're not yeah. basically broadband capability doesn't affect the game as such no it seemed to work quite well it was no it was, it was very good I, what I did particularly like was there's a couple of occasions where you can you can alter the timeline by doing stuff. One of them was as trivial as um, I think I, I looked at a whiteboard with an equation on it, and the guy stops and he's like, oh, "They've got this all wrong," and he corrects it, which then follows through into the TV series and other stuff later on. So it's it, it's a really interesting game. I need to go back and finish it off, but actually, I was having a lot of fun with it. It's the actual gaming, shooting, platforming sections are are pretty generic when you you take out the new mechanics you have to play with time. But the package as a whole, for me, worked.
0: Well, that's good. That that's good because I know they were th- there was a lot of hype leading up to it. They spent a lot of money on it. Um it it from the gameplay trailers it did look like it would be quite fun. Um so it's good to good to hear that it is. Definitely worth
1: picking up. Definitely um need to finish it. It's absolutely one that I need to go back and um use codec momentum for I feel. Yeah. That's a leader that they pass me by. Yeah, it's very good. Uh, what else have I played? I've played um, the the Roll Seven games, Not a Hero, the Super Snazzy Edition, the um, the XL edition of Ollie Ollie Two. Oh yes, uh, reviews are up on the site for those. If you wanna if you wanna check those out, Ollie um, Ollie Two. I think I've played most iterations of Ollie Ollie, and it's it's very much the same. Um, but it's still still worth playing if you haven't picked it up. Not a Hero is a lot of fun.
0: Is it always gave me the impression that it was a little bit Hotline Miami. Is that right, um, or is it not at all? It's, it's kind of
1: there's a there's a similar feel to it, but it doesn't take itself anywhere near as seriously. You're basically doing wet work for um, a purple rabbit who wants to become mayor, and his his idea, his big idea, is that well, okay, if we just if we just kill all the criminals in the city, then my uh, my public approval ratings will go through the roof.
0: Well, he's got a point.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so off you go. You set out to do that. Lots of different characters you can play as. Um, they've all, you know, considering it's got that kind of eight-bit feel, they're all very unique. And the the voice work does a fabulous job in that respect. They've all got ridiculous You know, you've got Cletus, the Scottish um, hillbilly with a, a shotgun. A and, Scottish
0: um, hillbilly called
1: Cletus. Yeah. The, yeah. The the twin. The twin, <laughs> twin gun-toting. Woman from the Valley, Samantha—that kind of you know Welsh, Welsh death lady. I don't know. It's yeah, it's it's good. It's a lot of fun. It'll take your brain out and um and just jump in. And it's kind of it's got for an eight for an eight bit game. It's it's got a cover mechanic and it's there's more complexity than there looks. Okay, um, but yeah, quite good fun. What else? Um, I started playing Project Cars. You finally got round to it. For a feature that we're actually going to shelve, um, so there.
0: <laughs> and now just, not, just, I've been going very quickly. What do you <laughs> think to it? Because I know I've been, I'm, I've been particularly scathing about the the menu structure and the way it works. Despite the fact that the racing and the levels, the, the tracks themselves are brilliant, it's you know the rest of it lets it down. What we, what do you think? Given it's probably on version ten or eleven now. I'll be honest.
1: I couldn't. I couldn't make out what you were talking about with the menu structure, possibly because I hadn't opened up enough at that point um, to really gauge it. Because you kind of go into that career mode, and I was doing working through the carts, and then played a few arcade bits with others. So I, you know, I'd started playing it, and it seemed like good fun. The um, the carts were certainly a lot of fun, and and it's when you when you learn that you know you don't you don't start to to turn tight with them and absolutely put the hammer down. Cause otherwise you spin out and you know, yeah. don't even touch the power when you're not a hundred percent on the track. It feels very real. And I say that in the sense that you, you kind of, you get the feeling that you know, when you're not on the track proper, you know, when you're not on the racing line because the the car, the car reacts differently. Yeah. Yeah, it does. You know, you know, you know, when you can't put the power down because if, if you do, you you don't have the you don't have the traction or you're gonna spin it or you're gonna take yourself off. Um and it's it's not the kind of game where you you necessarily wanna be nudging people around because the physics is really good and, and you'll you'll get knocked or spun out or
0: help me out, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I I know exactly what you mean. I, I had no faults with the racing or the tracks of the way the game looked. My my issues were and you you've kind of said it you you maybe haven't quite progressed far enough, but then it hit a point where the menu just became cumbersome and the um, tuning aspects where it didn't save your setup, so you couldn't tune and try it. And it just got really frustrating um, so that you were moving it away from it being a, a simulation, which is what it wants to be, to playing it like an arcade racer and you're talking about this realism you're absolutely right because it's so real you don't want to play it like an arcade racer you don't want to just do that and and i find it hampering my enjoyment having to having to do that
1: the other bit was the music i don't know what you whether you you were quite taken by the music but it was really bold really orchestral it reminded me more of, of something like halo or call of duty um it, than any other racing game that i played
0: no i, I did like i did quite like the music. Um, I, th- I thought it did add atmosphere to it. It was, it wasn't Gran Turismo, which is very, very sort of poppy. It's like like lounge jazz, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's a bit lounge jazz. It's rock. It's techno. It, it has everything in there. Whereas Project Cars is, it, it's a, it's atmospheric. It instills the sense of the game, and I I did quite like it. I did think it worked really well. I,
1: I agree. I think it I think it kind of um it set the tone and the, the level of seriousness that Slightly Mad Studios took with the game.
0: That's a good well, that's a good way of putting it. It is it is a serious racer. Absolutely serious racer. And it has grown up music to prove it. It does. Okay. Come on, what what else have you played? Hitman, episode three. Oh, I finally got around to doing that this week. Did you enjoy it? Yeah I did. I've only had the one playthrough, but um it was a stonking playthrough. It wasn't the silent assassin by any means, but it was um it was good. I disguise myself as a prisoner. <laughs> I did exactly that, and
1: then I described myself as a cameraman, oh, which is brilliant because I got to do an interview with one of the targets who, when he sits down for his interview, does it beneath it was like a giant statue of a i don't know an elk or something like that. So what did I do? Did
0: you drop the elk on him
1: but yeah, I did, but I left it too long, oh. um trying to find a good vantage point to you know elk him and um <laughs> Just, just, as I, just as I found a little corner, he stood up and walked away and it missed him. Oh, no. But it was awesome because, in the confusion, when everybody turned around to look at this giant elk that's
0: just fallen on the floor, I whipped the pistol out, shot him in
1: the head, put it away and walked off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was genius. Oh, that's Absolutely good. brilliant. Well, because um, I'd done the prisoner thing, to get into that room to pretend to be the prisoner, you have to have the officer's disguise. Which meant if you have the officer's disguise, nobody challenges you if you're walking around with a rather large sniper rifle on your back. Didn't know that. And because I'd stashed it conveniently in my mission setup, I just went and found a vantage point and thought, rather than having to infiltrate that compound, I'll just take him through the window. And I did. It's one of those moments where, and it's the type of moments that the game promotes, you have a thought and it comes off, and it comes off smoothly and nicely and quickly, and you're just
1: very happy with your solution. That's awesome. Do you know I had um I had a moment when I was um when I was trying to get the officer's uniform, and um I don't know if you took the same officer, but there was a guy who was walking around a room, and there's another guy oh, in there with him. It was it, yeah, that was about. actually
0: quite hard work.
1: Well, I thought it was going to be hard work. I picked up a pool ball.
0: Yeah,
1: just walked up, but I just took the moment. He was looking one way, the other guy was looking the other way. Just smacked the other guy over the back of the head with a pool ball, and it was like an instant. I don't know whether it killed him or knocked him out or whatever. And then um, quickly wandered over to the other like, smacked him over the back of the head with a ball ball as well. That was it. It was just, oh. it was one of those, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do here. Oh, well, sod it. And it, it just, it worked brilliantly. It was like, oh, that was awesome.
0: Oh, nice. That took me long so, yeah. because I had to choke them both out and it, 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 oh, no. it took a while. Honestly, snooker ball is the
1: quickest melee weapon. It's Just awesome. I'll keep an eye out for that.
0: I did notice the um, the ability to hack a laptop that seemed to be controlling a turret on top of an APC. Um, and oh, I was looking that. at that, thinking, I wonder what that does. Uh, and then I never found out because I went exploring and, and did the other route. But um, yeah, I think there's a lot of scope to go back to that level and, and do all sorts of different things. I'm looking forward to that elusive targets. I've uh, played two, uh, lost
1: two, because my um my approach of trial and error. Seeing how far I can push it doesn't work when you've only got one go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> did you have a go at um, the one that was this week? The one that was special for E3. I did. Yes, I um,
1: I did. I got caught knocking out a guard in a shed outside the Paris building. Yeah. And then rather than think, oh, I might just quit out and restart, I um, I tried to take on three guards and
0: got shot to death. I I was really struck. I struggled with that one to figure out how to do it. Um, I managed to get into the area where he was, but it's uh, it's an off limits area, and there's just lots of civilians and guards around, and I had no clue what I was I was going to do, um, and it was a, it ended up being a bit messy. Um, I got the uh, male model disguised, you know, the main male model, yeah, that, uh, that's having his photos taken by the helicopter. I managed to get him on his own, took his outfit, his body got discovered, and I thought that's it over, but I managed to just elude detection for long enough to get into the party and then i just had no opportunity nothing to do and in the end i crouched behind a wall and a pistol shot him in the back of the head and then ran that was that was it and i got away with it i managed to do it but it was it it wasn't an easy one at all and it wasn't my finest moment sneaky yeah it was a good job that helicopter had already started up and was ready to leave it reminds me of uh
1: i think it was the first time i played paris when i um I can't remember exactly how I I think I got so frustrated with that that woman on the top floor of the of the Paris oh, part yeah. that I ended up I ended up just choking her to death in the middle of a room while everyone watched and then <laughs> hid hid by just jumping over the edge of a balcony
0: <laughs> if it works
1: I'm not I'm not here <laughs> and while we're talking about Hitman the summer bonus episodes have been announced
0: yeah that, when I got the email for this I was. Um... I was nicely surprised because I think I'd had a semi-rant semi, semi rant, um, the day before when I found out that the fourth episode wasn't going to come in July, or June even, actually. Was it June? I'd have expected it in June, and it's not coming. So you're like, well, when's the rest of the game out? I thought it was one every month. But then they did announce two bonus episodes that are going to come in July for us to play. And these are set in uh, Sapienza and Marrakesh, is that right? Yes. And we've, um, basically, it sounds like missions kind of in the vein of blood money. They are standalone targets to go in and hit, nothing to do with the main story that we've already been playing, and will probably be just a lot of
1: fun. I think one of them, the Sapienza one, is uh, set during. Is it during a
0: movie shoot or something? In is it? It's a sci-fi, sci-fi movie shoot set in the seaside town so, of Sapienza.
1: So I don't know whether that means we're going to have all new assets or if the people in uh, what do you people call it hazmat suits are going to be just out on the streets or what?
0: <laughs> well, I'm I'm hoping it will be new it... assets and there'll be a little bit of a different layout um, and use of the space. Are they just going to turn the underground lab into a film set? I think that could well be part of it. But I'm expecting a lot of the town to be part of that. I'm, I'm not expecting like effectively a reskinned mission where they just change the premise and you have to do the same thing. Um it should be it should be a lot of fun. And then the Marrakesh one is set at night. Um so that should change the feel of the environment. Um and what's the what's the setup on that one? The
1: Marrakesh one is your looking for a mole in a construction company who is going to be selling
0: secrets to their um to their rivals. And on on the surface that doesn't necessarily sound as exciting as a film set, but that's the thing no, with these but then, things they
1: usually are good. If you think about it on paper, trying to stop a sheikh who um is doing a diamond uh, an exchange for diamonds and cash doesn't sound great, but that was one of the best blood money levels in the hotel.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was and um i'm hoping this is this is going to be the same
1: Okie dokie. so um I like that and and I, I have to say with um with the exclusive contract that i did the other week one of them uh, with the uh, the cardinal it was nice that they've used the the same locales but actually they've changed the way people interact and they've changed uh, you know a lot of the um they've just given it a different feel even though it's the yeah. same place given it a different feel especially with marrakech doing it at night actually will be um
0: Will be awesome, yeah. And that that opens up some of the other levels. If they can change day night cycles, um, give them a different vibe. And we do know they can move things around. The like I said, the elusive contracts so far are um sort of different setups, people in different places, objects in different places, um, different patrol routes. So it's not identical. They do tweak them, and they're tweaking them on feedback as well. So the the seeing how people play these elusive contracts, and then they're tweaking the next one to deal with it. I think I um, I saw something with one of the developers that after the first elusive contract, they realized that people found it too easy because there's only one guard. So with the second one, there were shed loads of guards, and they put that in to make it more of a challenge. And then with this latest one, there's loads of guards and loads of people. But they're also looking at the way people complete certain things, and I think they were talking about where one of the escalation contracts was actually inspired by a player who had got in touch with them and said the first escalation contract. He said, oh, it's not, it's not challenging enough. So they said, okay, well, what would you do? And he told them. And they went, bloody hell, that's a really good idea. How do we do it? And they've started <laughs> taking player feedback to do it. So, I mean, that's good news. On the one hand. On the other hand, for those of us who are not quite as good as some of these players, that can make things really challenging. But um but they are starting to incorporate a lot of that. Let's hope they keep a sense of balance. And
1: and you know what? I tell you what, if they bring any of this ability to contracts mode, it'd be a game changer. If you could well that that and the ability to share them. But if you could um
0: (laughs) does the one piece of feedback they've not done anything with yet, make contracts more usable.
1: Yeah. But but also if you could if you could tweak the um you know the the level of security, the time of day, um, other little things like that. Then, uh, you know how how alert people are to your presence. Are they are they going to be nervous or
0: suspicious of you? Yeah. yeah, that would be very interesting. Yeah, no, they could do a lot with it. No, looking forward to those. They should be good. So, go on then. What else? What else is on your list? Well, I can see quite a few things. It depends what you're going to mention. I'm going to no, I'm going to I'm going to give it. Um, I'll give it a couple
1: more. Uh, because I'm sure you've been playing dangerous golf. I've had a I've had a few goals of annihilating your scores. Fantastic game from the people who brought us Burnout. Um it is everything about Crash Mode in Burnout but with golf and for some reason people's rooms, kitchens, don't know why. Works. Yeah, I,
0: I'm not sure either, but it it does play very well and it is good fun. It did just make me want a new Burnout Crash Mode game though. Well, I'd have almost expected that instead of this. But I wondered I wonder if because they've it's three fields of entertainment, isn't it? It's the, the guys who developed burnout, but obviously they don't own any rights or anything to it. So I just wonder if they couldn't do that.
1: Yeah, probably it's as close as they can get with them um, with a
0: new IP. Yeah, but it's definitely got that feel to it, hasn't it? I mean it, it even menu wise you you sort of thinking this is very burnout. It's it's very it's just like a
1: reskinned burnout, isn't it? Totally. It's it's like burnout three.
0: Except, is it, in, is it in Unreal 4 instead of uh, RenderWare? It's just a different game engine, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. You're over my head now. What else have I been playing? Cat Lateral Damage?
1: Now, the trailer looked a lot of fun, is the game. You yeah, play as a cat in first person, um, and you jump up on shelves and knock stuff off, and you have you have a timer, and you have to knock off a certain amount of stuff. You're basically just a cat that's causing damage when you're humans away. It, it, the novelty wears off rapidly, honestly. It's not yeah. worth a tenner. I'm sorry, but... It...
0: it did It did look like it was yep. some kind of Katamari-style game, which vaguely intrigued me, with obviously the in, nope. insane cat references to it. I was about it, to say, but... if, you, if you pardon the pun, Katamari. Oh, you know what? I hadn't even registered that. <laughs> That's probably funnier than the entire game.
1: It, yeah, it's, it's terrible. It really is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> If you want to come to my house and have a go, it's it's worth a play of. It's funny. It's funny for about five minutes.
0: <laughs> is that and an open invite to everybody?
1: Yeah, everyone, just come round and play it here. Don't buy it. Just just come round and give me a tenner.
0: That's fine. <laughs> Plus your hundreds of pounds travel to get to yours.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not. I'm not paying that. Um, <laughs> and the other thing, the other thing I've been playing is um, Hannah Montana. Oh, of
0: course, because as, as I forgot to mention, you with the momentums. Have you have you been playing it again then?
1: No, not again, but, you know, since we last properly talked yeah. about stuff, I played through the entirety of Hannah Montana. So it got a brief mention in the last podcast that I I'd platinumed it, but I've done it. And do you know what? It wasn't that bad. It was all right. And blue jeans, he's the horse. I, uh, and sweet niblets, that's that's something I'm going to be saying from now until eternity. Sweet it,
0: niblets. Is that a, a an exasperated exclamation? Is it oh, replacements swearing, yeah, yeah. Or is it just... Oh my oh, gosh! Yes. No, absolutely. It. Uh,
1: I, I, it has it has many many meanings, but you know, sweet niblets. Yeah. Okay, I think I think it's I think it is Hannah Montana's version of for
0: f- sake. <laughs> well, yeah, I can see why we you'd use that instead. So oh, yeah, <laughs> there we go.
1: Um, so that's what we've been playing. We've played <laughs> a lot
0: this last two three months. <laughs> Should we crack on to the eagle thing? Okay,
1: so we've had e three, it's all done, and we're we're looking back at our predictions, uh, looking at what we got right and what we got wrong. So,
0: any particular order, Matthew? Let's let's do them as they come. Um, I I think it's fair to say we were probably half right, half wrong, and then there's lots of stuff that we didn't even get around to talking about. Yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, when
1: you take into account the um the amount of stuff that we didn't talk about then then perhaps we're definitely more than half wrong.
0: Yeah, forget that. Forget that,
1: please. <laughs> um we nailed a few of the interesting bits. So we um going uh, Gears of War four, I think with Microsoft.
0: Yeah, I mean that would that was a given um that they were going to talk about that. But what we expected to be a given was Crackdown Three. And I know that was one you were really keen on. And
1: Yeah, no, that was that interestingly enough, that's not there. And they're now talking about that being next year. Um which makes me think the other thing that we got right was the hardware iterations. I said we were, they were going to talk about the um, the new Xbox Slim, yep. which they did. They did, um, and Scorpio.
0: Yes, they announced the upspec hardware. It's not clear whether it's an Xbox successor or a what, Xbox One Point Five or something like that, but it is is something new coming.
1: Well, my my feeling based on what they've they've been saying now in the week afterwards is it, it is. It is an Xbox successor, but I think Microsoft have now basically fallen into the camp that they, they they don't want to draw a line under generations anymore. I think they've basically hit the point where they've decided that why why should you buy a new console and suddenly have to you know empty the closet and start all over again? So I think what we're going to see from now on with Microsoft is if you buy a new console from them, everything that you've been able to play previously, you'll be able to play on it.
0: That's a that's an interesting concept because it ties in with their play anywhere strategy, which we talked about UWP or oh, two three podcasts ago, and this looks like it's just just that that you if you buy a game on Xbox One, you are going to be able to play that on PC without purchasing it again, and I strongly suspect that's the methodology that will move into the Scorpio. I I definitely think that's it. I think it's going to be compatibility
1: at its core. And that's the interesting thing, and I think what it's going to allow them to do, the reason the reason they're doing it, um, and I think you, you said to me earlier that you, you didn't see the need, you didn't see the reason for these new consoles. Neo, Scorpio. I,
0: I, if you have an Xbox One now, and that's what you want to play, and you want to be a console gamer, I don't see the need for a Scorpio at this point, because you're going to be able to buy the same game. You. Yes, you potentially got a slightly higher frame rate. You've got the potential for higher resolutions if you're willing to spend the money on the displays for it. But I kind of think with what they talked about with Scorpio, if you're going to outlay for that, you're basically you're moving towards that PC space. And Microsoft's yeah. strategy of backwards compatibility is a good one, but you're never getting away from that hardware upgrade cycle. And I think what will end up happening is that Scorpio, whatever that unit ends up being, finally called, will have to be upgraded every two years to keep it at a par with
1: a PC. No, I, I get that, but do you know what I think? That's I think that's almost entirely what they're going to be doing. I, I think that with with putting compatibility at the core, which is what they're they're talking about now, they've they've played a blinder. They've put out this awesome looking console, you know, six teraflops of graphical processing. What they're doing and what they've said Phil Spencer himself has said 4K was the next big step and he's basically said we had the 360 we had the PS3 and when they came along there was a need for them there was a genuine need because high definition HD, HD was coming in it was the thing and we needed to put out machines that would satisfy that that want yeah and i think that's it he's, he's basically said when PS4 and Xbox 1 came along there wasn't actually that need you know they've kind of come along at a slightly awkward time and i think i think that's what they're saying here is they're putting scorpio out because 4k is a thing and it's what developers want to want to put stuff out on it's what the public want and they've spoken to developers and said what do you need and this is where this six teraflops has come from so scorpio is going to be able to to natively render in 4k at 60 hertz so that's that's a really interesting thing because we're from what we've seen of neo it's not going to be able to do that it's going to upscale to 4 k and the other thing it's going to do, which I think they've played a blinder they're not they're not interested so much in their own first party VR I think they're going to support oculus and possibly vive as well and suddenly you've got a you've got a box you can put in your living room you can buy it really easily and you can plug in the oculus rift or or the htc it- vive and you can get vR but what it's going to offer is it's going to offer the experience that we can't get on Xbox One and, and PlayStation 4 at the moment is it's going to offer games like um, Fallout 4 it's going to offer you know Call of Duty it's going to offer the the big games the the processor hungry games that run on the current technology we're going to be able to do it stereoscopically
0: so the, the two two things that come to mind is the Phil Spencer has actually said if you're not going 4K don't bother with it he has come out on an interview with Eurogamer this week, saying that. Yeah, so that that is one thing. He's very much you're absolutely right focused at the four K market, and if you're mm-hmm. not going to go for a four K TV, it isn't really the thing. But is the second point? Is it basically just a Steam machine? What Valve have been trying to get in our living rooms for the
1: last few years? It's an Xbox Live machine, and I think that's it. I think they're gearing up for Xbox Live
0: to to take on Steam. It's a PC focus gaming, that hardware upgrade. And and I can see it, that constant need for hardware upgrade and a new machine or new pieces of hardware each year to keep up. And that that's what concerns me. And I, I get the I get the benefits of it. Um, and it makes brilliant sense from Microsoft's point of view because it's just pulling everything together and it will work and hopefully it'll be seamless as well. But is it really what the console market wants?
1: Well, I think there's the thing. You know, let's let's look at mobile phones. Uh, There's a new phone coming out every year from Apple, from Samsung, from HTC. You don't have to buy into that. The iterations perhaps aren't big enough that you would want to do it every year. Some people do because they're they're hardcore fans of that particular brand. For me, I'd probably every what every. Three years, two years, maybe I might think. Oh, I might go for the. I might go for the latest iPhone, and then to be honest, I'd probably wait for the new one to come out. So I think we might move into that. People will start to think. Do you know I'm going to skip this this next one, and I'm going to wait and see because I've got my 4K TV. It's going to run all the same games anyway. It'll just scale it back very slightly, but it still looks awesome on my on my 4K TV. It's the same game experience, other than you know, perhaps slight like graphical enhancements. Wouldn't that be? An interesting situation to be in where you think, well, do you know what I'll go I'll go for the next one? Maybe I'll think about upgrading my TV and then I'll then I'll it's, go for the new
0: it's Xbox. Not, it's not going to offer any different gameplay experience. This is this is the key thing, because it's got to be backwards compatible all the way. So you've got to be able to play it on an Xbox One. So whatever your Scorpio and PC are actually capable of, you can't use that full potential because it's got to work on an Xbox One. And so you're limiting it. So all you've got it there for is putting it on a 4K TV. You're not making the most of your hardware. And that's why it's seeming, at the moment, a little bit niche. Maybe in two years, maybe 4K TVs are going to be widespread.
1: What if it gives us the ability to you know, do what the Xbox One can do stereoscopically? Now, the Xbox One can't do that, but it could play the game on its own. But what if suddenly you're looking at being able to play most Xbox One games in, in
0: VR? I'll shut you up. Possibly. But that's laying out again, but back to we're back to cost. I mean, we don't know how much the Scorpio is gonna cost. We assume it might be in the region of the price of an Xbox at launch. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's pure speculation. But then are you gonna then drop another five to between five and seven hundred quid on a VR kit? And for a decent four K TV, seven, eight hundred pounds. So you're talking best part of two grand to kit yourself out for this. And that's what I'm but saying they're already, needs-
1: they're already talking holiday next
0: year. Yeah. So by then,
1: a lot of people will have made the switch to 4K anyway. It's, it's becoming more prevalent now. They're becoming a lot cheaper. I saw a 4K TV for less than 400 quid the other day. You know, okay, it's probably not the best one in the world. Might be a little bit slow, but, you know, they're out there.
0: And they're, they're people are there. picking up the VR, you know. They're out there, but the, the actual pickup of HD TVs was exceptionally slow. And that's that it took a long time for people to really latch on. And there's still plenty but of people when, out there who have um, standard CRTs.
1: When they did start to, to get taken up, they went quickly. Well, you didn't really have a choice. There was, there's there was a tipping point. Buy. Exactly. And I think we're going to we're get there. So it, it's an interesting. And it'll, it'll be interesting to see how, the like you said, the other technology, the VR, the 4K,
0: how that comes along with it in the next you know, year and a yeah. half before it's launched. The, the key. The, the other I would say just a final point for me, and It it comes back to what I've already said, but the key thing is is what's new and different? And it's the gameplay experience. And if that's not going to change, then it doesn't feel like a new iteration of hardware. It just feels like a continuation of where we are now. No, and I guess we'll see all this. The other thing
1: that I think is interesting is where does it put Sony? Because let's be blunt, Sony have had the technological... Advantage in this generation, just very slightly, but it's tipped the balance. And everyone, you know, pretty much the consensus agree they've they've won this generation thus far. Now Neo doesn't match Scorpio. Well, it's not as powerful. No, it doesn't. I mean, they've you know, the arc the architecture's been been leaked. People know what it is, and the dev kits are already out there. They're not changing it. They're not unless they unless they scrap the project. They're not going to be able to match Scorpio. So where does that leave them?
0: Well, it leaves them. If the rumors are true and it releases this year, it leaves them being on the market for a year before Scorpio comes anywhere near them.
1: Is that enough? People are already saying, "Why would you release the Xbox Slim when you've got another Xbox console coming in eighteen months?"
0: No, the Slim is just the Slim is just a slimmer version. I mean, all right, it it'll play some 4K movies, um, and it's got HDR on it, which. Hey, a a, high dynamic resolution. Oh, which isn't even fully on every 4K TV at the moment. So you know, it's not necessarily it's, it's the also, biggest change.
1: It's also software dependent. So if the game doesn't support it, it yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah,
0: but uh, but if you think back to what the 360 did, um, I mean, technically the PS3 was more powerful than the 360, but the 360 was on the market first, and it it gained its share. It gained that generation because yeah. it was there. Yeah, the Neo again. Aaron, I'm not going to defend the Neo because I think that is a totally pointless piece of kit. All it's going to do is upscale to 4K and allow playing 4K films. Um It's you know it ain't going to really ain't going to place in my house anyway, but it is going to be on the market first, and that's that's the thing. And it's how many people a year down the line would then jump to scorpio or would they go it's not quite enough of a leap to make me invest i need something a bit more i think 2017 is going to be very interesting it depends how the vr goes because that i think is where sony will be hinging things the vr is the cheapest of the options and they've got a huge amount of support for it but we'll we'll come to their vr support in a bit anyway do you i mean do you think
1: uh, and this is this is an interesting point about vr perhaps i'm getting off topic and we'll go back to microsoft in a minute but do you think that with vr um, they've said the majority of VR games will cost in the region of was it something like twenty to forty dollars? I can't I can't remember the exact quote, but they're not, they don't seem like they're going to be full price titles. Are, are we going? Are we going too broad across section here? A Sony? Are they? Are they trying to? Are they trying to be the next Wii? No, I think they're trying to bring new technology to the masses. Well,
0: they're trying to do that um but I, because
1: they because they've kind of staked their reputations on being for the gamers in this generation yeah. do you think they run the risk of going too broad and perhaps losing out to Microsoft on the on the core gamers
0: no no i don't think so at all i, I mean we, we we haven't really mentioned in fairness the microsoft games the stuff they talked about but um no let's do let's
1: while we're there then let's do that yeah, let's do so that first let's let's read your show notes cuz i i think i said to you earlier on I think you're getting a little bit fanboy. No,
0: no, just just because Microsoft only talked about hardware and a couple of zombie games. You know, there was there not much going on. I just about beer everywhere. <laughs> no, I mean for me, State of Decay two and Dead Rising four um, were two big reveals. Dead Rising four was slightly leaked in advance anyway. And I do like Dead Rising. Enjoyed Dead Rising two. I um, we've played hours of Dead Rising. Um, as well, it's it's good fun, but um, that coupled with Gears of War four that we already knew about were some of the biggest announcements um, and most of Microsoft stuff. In fairness, whilst the games look good, there's not really much that's new apart from what were the two new ones i think you you well there are three and there's one that actually i'm disappointed is a timed exclusive but we happy few is one of the ones that we're really looking forward to yeah and find out that's going to be on xbox for a while first i'd have liked a simultaneous release for that because it does look really interesting it does
1: look good um scale as well from platinum games that looks good it's it's kind of a a, a co-op game with dragons and swords and it just it yeah. looks very interesting, and Platinum Games have got a good pedigree. Yeah, they have, and then Sea of Thieves as well from Rare.
0: Now you were raving about this.
1: I love the look of it, and they've basically called it. I I, I think I love the new genre they've created for it, which is a shared world action game, a swag. Which when you're being a pirate sounds <laughs> awesome. But it's basically it. It sounds like the idea is they've they've taken well we want we want to work. You know, people love pirates, and people love playing together. So we thought we'd we'd take that and turn it into an adventure game. And they've kind of they've gone to get the community stuff sorted first, and then they're like and then we're gonna add in the guns and the swords and
0: stuff. It sounds it sounds like it could just be a lot of fun. That's why I like it. Oh, good. Good. There were obviously all the other ones that were out out and announced as well. Halo Wars Two, um, Forza Horizon three, were there the other two major ones? And there was some I mean, Killer say, Instinct DLC as well.
1: You say, Oh, it's a bunch of sequels, but actually, you know, Gears Four, Dead Rising Four,
0: Forza Horizon Three, Halo Wars Two, they they're, they're Big sequels, they're they good. Well, they're going I'm to be saying, good games. No, I'm not saying that they're low quality or anything. I'm just saying it it is more of the same. Out outside Scalebound and Sea of Thieves, and we happy few, it didn't feel like there was really anything innovative. Okay, so fanboy, Sony. What about Sony? Well, the Neo, we we talked about it on our predictions podcast, um, but they actually announced pre conference and show, um, said we won't be talking about the Neo and we've already talked enough about it <laughs> i think was it
1: was it the day it may have but we we launched the podcast on the thursday night and i think it was the friday they came out and went yeah when yeah neo's a thing we're not bringing it to e3 <laughs> yeah who'd bring a who'd bring a console that's not going to be released you know until next year yeah. to e3
0: there were rumors it was going to be out in October this year, but you you would say if they've not brought it to e3 it's not I don't think it's coming this year
1: well, it's interesting that Andrew house basically said he, he was genuinely shocked by the Scorpio announcement because, as he said, in the age of Apple conferences where they can turn around and go, you know here's this amazing new technology by the way, it's available now he he said that they they got a lot of criticism when they did the PS4 announcement because they everyone basically went, oh my god p s four C- can we see it? No, no, not yet. No, and they got they got flack for it. So he he basically said he was really surprised that Scorpio came out because you know they had no intention of bringing Neo to the party. So which kind of makes me
0: think it's not ready. It's nowhere near it. Well, I will tell you what, that that is an interesting point. Just look, go back to the Scorpio. We haven't seen anything on it. We've just seen, yeah, well, but, you know, just but, seen a box and but some like specs. They've
1: said. Yeah, but like they've said, it's going to be eighteen months away. So yeah. at least they're not. You know, they're they're doing a slow build, I guess. Yeah, well, what yeah. a, you know. Not that slow.
0: <laughs> no, no. Boom, fairness, six it's usually, teraflops. it's usually a couple of years in advance we get new consoles announced, is not it? So it's it's not too surprising. It's eighteen months away, but but yeah, we'll just have to see what they do, they do with that. They it may well be because there's never been a firm release or anything. They may well take that back to the drawing board. They've announced specs, so yeah, they've announced. They've announced well, specs. And they put dev kits out, but they don't have to release the machine if they think they, they don't have to. If they think they've got a better thing that they can do now, or, or decided, oh, maybe it isn't worth it. No idea what they're going to do, or they might go ahead and release yeah, it and, and have the extra year. We we don't know. We don't know. At all. Who knows? It'll be interesting to see. Uh so games. What did they? Oh, what did they bring? Game what, what didn't they bring in games? We um, said we said they were going to bring Gran Turismo Sport. They did. Um, there wasn't much in the way of dreams on No Man's Sky, which I was a little bit surprised at. I thought they would have hit both of those quite did hard. You, did you see the tweet from oh, what's his name on No Man's Sky? Oh, Sean Murray.
1: Yes, that's, did you just, see that's Sean Murray's tweet for,
0: yesterday? It's been going on for three years is that um I've, I remember it being a thing quite a while back i I didn't realize it had only just been resolved no is that now is that why it's been delayed from june twenty first release It made me think
1: as if so I'm seriously tempted to cancel my sky sky subscription
0: yeah for the oh. yeah for the benefit of the listeners. No Man's Sky has been in a legal battle with the Sky Corporation that provides satellite TV in the UK because Sky is a trademark. And as Sean put it apparently they own the word Sky. So there's been they've settled is how he put it. So it doesn't even sound like it was just a Sky have been pushed out here. It sounds like they've had to do something to allow um, or for Sky to allow them to use the word. Because it's no man's sky. I suppose I could understand from Sky's point of view; it might be a bit weird. But I'm I'm almost with you. If the delay is because of that, maybe maybe Sky aren't getting my money anymore. Can you imagine? Could you put me through the cancellations,
1: please? Oh yeah, sure. Hold on. So why do you want to cancel, Mr. Brown? Well, because you delayed the, a game that I've really been looking forward to. <laughs> yeah, you've put it back by two months. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so I'm afraid I'm going to get BT.
0: <laughs> Maybe not. I did um, after a message from <laughs> that message from Graham the other week. I did start looking at whether I could have Virgin in our area and, and try up our broadband speed because Graham's just had what two hundred meg installed.
1: Yeah, which uh, is on average a uh, hundred times faster than my internet. Yeah, and it's it's
0: a good five six times faster than mine. So I'm I'm oh I might have a look anyway. Back to topic. Um, games. The, the our main prediction that we got wrong. The last game I did will be delayed. we got the opposite. we got a release date, and it's coming on the 25th of August. Is it August or is it October? Don't I know. I have written the 25th of August, and then I've gone, that's really soon.
1: Can I be honest and probably in, incur the wrath of many people listening, but it's been so long I don't actually care anymore.
0: Well, some of us do, and yeah, that, that will be a good game. It will be good, and very, very different. I don't actually know what to expect from it, if I'm honest.
1: No I suppose that was the thing with ICO and um and Shadow of the Colossus was the, you, you looking at either of them you wouldn't you wouldn't have drawn a line between that and the the other one would you No
0: No okay what else did we get um well, I'll Spider-Man. get Spider-Man uh, well I was going to say I'll get the sequel out of the we way We Didn't first. get anything else um God of War uh oh. does look phenomenal it looks like a totally different take on Kratos chucking in with the north mythology giving him a sun making him older, maybe a little bit calmer. Um, but that is interesting. I've got a feeling that game will be a long way off a uh, final release, but it does look like it might be a good continuation of the series. Uh, but that was, okay. yeah, I think that sequel-wise gone. Um, you're right, Spider-Man. That looked phenomenal. Yeah, Spider-Man. Spider-Man from... It just looked didn't it? Looks it looks fun. Is that an, ex- is it an exclusive? Yes. Looks like it. Yeah, it's, it's an Insomniac exclusive. It just looked brilliant and... Uh, it reminded me a lot of the Spider-Man 2 game, which might be the best Spider-Man game ever, where you were just swinging through New York. It was it was a great game. And this kind of evoked that, but is bound to be very interested in the way they've handled the um, the whole thing. And it's not based on a film. It's not based on anything that's coming up. So it's almost free license for how that's going to work. So that is exciting, and it... it... Brings uh, It
1: brings memories of Arkham Asylum back.
0: Yes. And if I'm honest,
1: being getting an announce of a superhero game and not knowing exactly what it's going to be like, but knowing it looked pretty, it, it giving me those kind of shivers. Yeah. And
0: while well, you've mentioned Arkham, um, they also gave the Batman Arkham VR. So you can be the bat in VR, oh. which has sounded quite interesting. And that's all we know. There was a very small tease and that's it. There's no footage, nothing. But people have apparently played it. <laughs> And it's it's supposed to be really, really good. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, what else have we got? we got loads. Um, Days Gone, which, all right, it's more zombies, um, but it does look nice. I put out a message on Facebook shortly before we came on here asking what we should
1: definitely talk about, and uh, Paul Curran wanted us to talk about Days Gone.
0: Yeah, it, this um, idea of um, lone, well, not maybe not lone, but biker in the wilderness, zombie apocalypse, and um, it's nobody seems to have mentioned it in any of the footage I've seen but it does feel very Walking Dead it's almost Daryl the game is, is what it's made me think of it does look really interesting it does look good um, and we'll just have to see see what comes of it um, but coming from Sony Bend who've a lot of good games in the past were they Sony Bend did they do the last Socom game
1: the last games Bend were responsible for were really the the big ones Uncharted Golden
0: Abyss which was which was all right. Uh, Can't remember the story as I mentioned earlier, but it was all right. Yeah. Uh, and Resistance Retribution. Ah, oh, now Retribution was the PSP game, wasn't
1: it? That's the PSP game. Yeah, not uh, the Vita. Not the, yes. the Vita ab- oh, abomination. The, yeah,
0: the Vita one was terrible. But Retribution, actually, I ended up buying the cables to hook my Vita up to the big screen TV so that I could play Retribution on a big screen. It was awesome. actually really good. Awesome. So yeah, yeah, Days Gone could be really interesting and i'm hoping it's not and just a generic a... zombie shooter well
1: they're keen they're keen to put out there that these are not zombies oh they are freakers they're the result of a pandemic who are mindless and feral essentially the rage victims from 28 days later but they're not zombies
0: they're oh, freakers right. okay so they <laughs> they are zombies then
1: <laughs> no they're not they're not <laughs> zombies
0: <laughs> they're not not zombies
1: no oh, they're not not zombies, but they're not zombies it sounds very much it sounds a bit like well it sounds a bit like the last of us
0: yeah it does a little bit doesn't it when it's says Freakers, I did think clickers
1: yeah and there's there's gonna be different varieties of them as well which sounds very much like the last of us yeah let's let's hope it's not just the last of us skin
0: but it could be really interesting and I, um yeah I'll keep an eye on that one um it looks
1: great the shots I've seen I don't know if they're rendered in game or what but they it looks pretty
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I do wonder if they've learned uh, bits and pieces from was it the H1Z1 uh, that was in beta for so long, the um, persistent online zombie survival game. I do wonder if Sony has started taking a bit of knowledge from that because it was supposed to come to PS4 and then we've never heard anything more about it. I don't know if it's actually been shuttered on PC but I just wonder if they're starting to farm out bits of information because that had that survival post-apocalyptic feel to it. Well there's there's an
1: interesting quote in a an article I read where um the developers have always been looking to day Z as um as an example. I refuse to call it day Z. And saying that um civilization is only about six missed meals away from turning on each other. That the developers cited how basically every player in day Z is an asshole, and that in days gone they tried to distill that into a single player experience.
0: Right. Well, that's Definitely an uh, interesting premise. Then,
1: only only people who managed to survive the pandemic were the ones willing to make tough decisions. The odds are uh, that everyone Deacon meets in the wilderness will try and kill him for his stuff. So you kind of know what you're out to expect, aren't you? It's it's, it's not it's not going to be one of these games where you're uh, where you're like, oh, help rescue this guy from this house. Oh no, you won't be doing it's, that. It's two years. It's two years after the
0: the not a zombie apocalypse. I tell you, it is. Um, it is also sounding like it's what it's the Walking Dead game we want to make, but couldn't get the license. Yeah, do you know that's yeah, that's quite. It's probably quite apt, isn't it? Yeah, it's like we said, Daryl, Daryl's the game. Anyway, we we need to pick up the pace. Yes, um, Detroit become human. David Cage and Quantic Dreamer at it again. This looks phenomenal. It just looks amazing. Absolutely, not really any clue what this game is going to be about, but it will look good, and. We'll probably play it and go, oh, not as good as I were expecting, but it does look nice. Yeah, it looks beautiful. It was just a terrible game. But an interesting announcement, Fahrenheit, of Indigo Prophecy, if you're in the US, is coming as a remaster on the PS4 in July, and I've never played that, so I think I'll be picking it up.
1: I've never played that, but I um I had a friend who did when I was working in a lab with him, and I just remember him coming in and, and telling me all about it every day, so I'm quite looking forward to that as well. Yeah. So yeah, um, that was that
0: was a nice surprise. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn—they just showed more and more of this, and that is still looking phenomenal. Open world with robot dinosaurs. Um, it's just interesting, interesting, beautiful. Don't say anything else. That's all it needs. Interesting, beautiful, and from Guerrilla Games. So that probably will be good, and uh, you'll probably hate it and want to give up halfway through, and then end up playing the next Hannah Montana game. Yeah, yeah, we'll set that challenge up. Crash Bandicoot remasters. Everybody went nuts about these. Um, I did really like Crash Bandicoot Warped, but I'm not really bothered about remasters. If I'm honest, on on these three, because they did say they're going to do Crash Bandicoot, Crash Bandicoot 2, and Crash Bandicoot 3. They, they've got to be a full, almost a full reboot, redesign than just a remaster. I'm not. I genuinely, I'm not sure. Um, I, maybe I missed the whole. No, I didn't miss Crash Bandicoot. They were some of the. It was one of the first games I played on the PS1, but it. It just he wasn't a beloved character for me, and there weren't games I thought we needed to revisit. If it was Crash Team Racing, I'd be all over it. So that's the greatest kart racer ever, but not the actual Crash I, Bandicoot games. I just feel the same about Crash. I am
1: really sorry. I know it'll offend some people, but it it was never my thing, and I am just not bothered about it again now. So, yeah, sorry. I, yeah.
0: So, um, they'll, they'll come. I might play them. I might not. We'll see. Um, and then really, we're into VR. And there was just so much on the VR from Batman we've already talked about. The announcement Resident Evil 7 will be totally VR. Um, The free Battlefront um, add-on that's coming that will be effectively VR, but you'll be piloting an X-Wing, which just sounds amazing. The follow-on from Until Dawn is it Rush of Blood. There's Rigs. There's uh, oh Res the res remaster in VR, there's so much coming. Um, And rightly, they devoted a lot to it because it's it's a game changer for that platform. And it's just whether they can manage to sell units and keep people's interest, that's the key thing. And I think that's where that pricing strategy might come in. It's not about providing 30-hour games wearing a headset that's probably going to make you sick after an hour.
1: Andrew House has already come out and said uh, that there's going to be shortages at launch, uh, which which sounds good. I don't know whether that means though, because they're they're only putting out limited hardware because they don't know if it's going to be uptaken well or what, or, or if they're probably... just genuinely demand has exceeded expectations.
0: No, I think I think you might be. Well, it might be a bit of both. I think they'll have been cautious. And then, yeah, there's the hype starting to build. I am very excited about it. Um, They are road-showing it through the US. They're taking it out to stores for people to try and for them to play. So they're really trying to sell it and push it. I'm excited. I'm just a little bit afraid that they are going to be
1: watered-down experiences. You know, we're going to see a lot of tech demos. You know, hey, fly an X-Wing through here. But actually... What substance they there going to be? That's, yeah, that's I'm that's, still nervous.
0: That's yet to come, but there's there's a bit that's coming up which might be um, which might answer some of that. Um, I also watched the Valkyrie footage, um, which made me want a Colony Wars game in VR. They just just said yes, that would be perfect. It looks amazing. I think Sony had a shedload of games, um, and people will be looking at them with the Neo and saying, "What are you doing with that?" They will. More on that to come. Yeah. Uh, so. Nintendo. Well you said we now had to be brief so yeah, uh, Nintendo <laughs> what the hell are you playing at? Zelda. That is it. Now in <laughs> fairness at the back end of the week they had some other games on show um, some, uh, there was just a couple of Wii U ones and the DS one but really Nintendo just haven't seemed to have done anything except Zelda. They haven't even brought their new console to tease it so we got that wrong um, but we did get right. Um they were going to be disappointing, and I, I think they are. And I, I've I've written a question: are, are they are they still relevant when they have this kind of showing? Will people really start to be worried about Nintendo? I think people would would write in droves to argue that they are. What has amused me
1: this week is Reggie.
0: Reggie is brilliant. I'd, have you I'd, seen some of the stuff he's been saying though? On, well, acting fairness, I haven't seen what he's been saying, that, but I did watch some videos of him out so,
1: with the crowds, which were great. So what Reggie said, really interestingly, is the first one is um, what Nintendo cares about games, not specs. Uh, For us, it's it's not about specs. It's not about teraflops. It's not about the horsepower of a particular system. Uh, For us, it's about the content. Nintendo is a content-focused company. We create entertainment that makes people smile. So for us, we're focused on bringing our best entertainment to both the Wii U and the NX in the future. And that's a fair statement. Yeah, but you know what? Whatever Microsoft and Sony are doing in terms of talking about new systems, that's for them to fight out. For us, we want to make sure that we're bringing our best content forward. And right now, the reaction to Zelda has been more than we could have ever imagined. So basically, NX isn't going to be as powerful as anything, is it? It's what it sounds like.
0: No, I think, and I think we knew that. Um, I think the issue is they just not even—they've not even brought any any games for the Wii U or for the. DS or the 3DS or any—they just haven't done anything except Zelda. It's like they're pinning everything on one game this year. Um, so it's, and just, that's it's not right. It's
1: just—it's Reggie's in denial. He's completely in denial, and it's the, So he's, he's kind of guys it's, it's about games,
0: not specs. And here's the one we've brought. <laughs> um, which, which, but... he, and he would—he is absolutely right. It is about games and not specs. But you've got to bring more than one title. And it doesn't matter how nicely designed your space is, and whether you've got mechanical moving fruit in the middle of it, you've got to have games.
1: The other thing that he said, he's come out and he's come out and had a swipe at VR as well. Have you
0: heard this? No, I haven't. I had, in fairness, it's I had heard the entertainment one, but no, I
1: completely haven't. Completely in denial. So it's um, what, what's he said? In my judgment, I think VR is a bit further out there for mainstream mass market applications and applications that consumers can invest a lot of time in versus short snacks of entertainment. He was kind of saying, well, you know, VR's, VR's coming in and whatever. It's it's something that's going to grow, hopefully, and will become more mainstream, which, okay, we, we've said similar things. We agree with that. And then he says, for us, we want to make sure that technology is mainstream. We want to make sure the technology represents strong value to the consumer. So as an example, there was a lot of gyroscopic technology out there in the marketplace, but it really took the Wii and the Wii Remote to make it mainstream. Even going back all the way to the Nintendo DS, that was the first electronic device that really made extensive use of a touchscreen. So what he's basically saying is, yeah, well, you know, VR, there's a bit of it
0: about there, but it's not going to be popular until Nintendo do it, is it? Well, it's all it's right. It's in complete denial. It's all right to say these things, but the, the, the thing there is in what he doesn't say about tech, and the Wii U second screen? Didn't mention that as being a total failure. No, but, but you know, that's exactly what he says,
1: is um, is we want to make sure that our next content is going to be mainstream and mass-market approachable. And when something like VR is at that point, you can expect Nintendo to be there. So he's basically saying, yeah, no, our corporate strategy is we're, we're going to jump on the bandwagon. Yeah. <laughs> When someone else
0: has developed it, basically, and in fairness, it's a um, bit—it's a bit rich to talk about um, it not being at the places, not at bite-sized chunks of entertainment. When your core business actually is currently on a handheld device to be used in bite-sized <laughs> chunks. So I
1: love, I love Reggie, um, because it—it's he's really, really walking that
0: fine line between optimism and complete delusion. Yeah, and that that bit that basically rounds off the three major consoles, doesn't it? That bit on. Nintendo.
1: That's,
0: that's that. Yeah. yeah. So, so a quick stroll through developers. I was going to say, yeah, and I think Bethesda is probably the easiest one to do because I don't think there was anything we missed here. And in fairness, all that stuff I, got leaked uh, before the show anyway. We missed. Okay, we missed Quake, but we well we didn't miss it. We got it wrong. We we said there wouldn't be. A I re- got it wrong. Well, we said there wouldn't be a reboot. And to a degree, no, we said maybe- we wouldn't
1: see Quake. I said. We wouldn't see Quake. It's too soon, and I got it wrong. And I'm happy to hold my hands up because I love Quake. So um, yeah, I, I said to I said to Nick Hulk
0: on Twitter this week, "It's a hat. I'm happy to eat." Yeah, and the one we didn't talk a lot about actually was Prey, um, even though we did mention it. And my word, does that look good? That looks it looks great. I mean, it's, it's It's nothing. Um, it's nothing like Prey or Prey Two. Um, so it will be interesting to see what it is. Yeah, Well, I'm not overly familiar with the original Prey. Prey 2 obviously never got released, did it? Because it was a long-term development hole, and this looks like what it's become. But it looks different. Um, And that's coming from Arcane. That's great. We got more Dishonored 2, which was good, and confirmation that the Skyrim Special Edition will be out in November. I'll be buying that. I think most of us will be. And Fallout 4 DLC that lets you build your own vault. That, along with the Nuka World as well, and apparently you can play as a Raider, I think I've read today on that. So, the only thing I don't know is, does the Nuka World DLC come as part of the Season Pass? I would buckle up and wait and see. Because I think, what was the Season Pass covers five DLCs, and the Build Your Own Vault is the fifth one. Okay. So, I'm, I've got a feeling we might have to pay for the last one. I hope not. I hope they bundle it in, but we'll see.
1: Yeah, we'll have to keep we'll our fingers
0: crossed. Um... Dishonored Two looking good, lots. Of sight. Oh yeah, yeah. Just looks looks amazing. That's going to be a great game. Like the first one was, but uh, this one is new. New protagonist
1: as well, or new uh, choice. Guessing, I don't know if we're going to
0: play. If we're going to play as both, or we can play. We, we can play as either. Can we? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you can play as either. You can be um Carvo or you can be Emily. So you've got the choice of either. Both have very different skill sets, uh, and there's some nice new powers coming into play. Uh, there's like a domino domino effect one is it I don't know if it's called domino but um if you tag a number of enemies um with it whatever you do to one of them happens to all the rest that's quite so cool so that looks really really handy does that so yeah I'm I'm looking forward to that Dishonored
1: was a game that um rewarded variety and options and I think adding a new protagonist and different skill sets just
0: reinforces that yeah yeah it looks it, it looks like it'll be great so um the EA, E3 conference that wasn't actually at E3. Yeah. No surprises yeah. at all, I don't think. Um, we knew Battlefield 1 was coming. There was a lot more on Titanfall 2, and I have to say the inclusion of a single-player mode this time around um, does make it slightly more appealing. They're going for a very, very cinematic feel for the single-player, um, and it, it looks like it might be quite interesting. Also, the fact is going to be on um, PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, it's multi-platform this time, isn't it? Um, So, yeah, we got a lot of that. There was a lot of multiplayer footage as well. Um, We said, would there be a tease for Battlefront 2? I think that came just in the form of a a mention that it is being worked on for next year. They talked about DLC. There is some Death Star DLC coming for Battlefront. We got that one right. (laughs) Um, And there was um, a very, very brief look at Amy Hennig's Star Wars game. And she talked a little bit about that. So it was basically a roadmap for the next few years on what they're developing. Um, and it, it looks good. It looks good. It looks like they're going to be some quality Star Wars games. They're not just churning them out three or four a year. There's going to be just good quality ones. And that was it. That's pretty good. Much me, the,
1: um, the other thing they've announced uh, this week is that all the... Um, all the additional modes and maps for Titanfall 2 will be free DLC, so as not to uh, divide the community, which is, uh, again, great news, I think.
0: That is good. That, who has just taken that route? Oh, that was um, Rainbow Six Siege did that as well, didn't they? All their maps are, Ubisoft are free. Ubisoft did that, yep. yeah. Speaking of Ubisoft, so prize for the nuttiest intro to a gaming conference goes to Ubisoft. It was absolutely <laughs> ludicrous. And if they didn't have the content to back it up, you'd have really wondered what was going on with them. <laughs> did you see it? I'm trying to. I'm racking my brains. It was the musical number with the dancing and the animals and. No, I didn't. Oh, I it, didn't see it. You you won't forget it. You Google it. It's about two minutes long. The it's just insane. It's nothing to it. do with any Ubisoft property either. Um, I mean, we got we got all the Watchdogs two. Reveals pre-conference anyway, um, so we kind of knew they were coming. More about Ghost Recon Wildlands, that does look nice. Um, we've got a full cin- cinematic trailer this time around. I want to see a little bit more gameplay, um, but still promising there, still looking quite quite decent. The gameplay's
1: out there now, actually. Uh, the outside Xbox team uh, got some time on it, and they've put a really good gameplay video up where they're, basically one of them's taking it quite seriously and the other one's just completely dicking about but it, it looks good. If As a cult game,
0: it, it looks like it's going to be awesome fun. I'm going to go have a look at that. Um, we nailed the Division DLC. They, they had a big piece on that. Um, it, it must have been quite good. In fairness, I've not watched the trailer for the Division DLC, but it must have been good because one of the guys I work with has gone and bought the Division this weekend on the back you, of honestly, that DLC. Honestly, you've, you've got to get it. It's great fun. It might be. It's just, I don't have. Time for the games that sat on my shelf at the moment, let alone
1: new ones. I've been—I didn't mention it earlier, but I've been playing it again this week with um, with Nick Case, and it's just—it's good fun. We tried to do the serious Ubisoft um, voiceover thing. Do you know? You know how you know how people in Ubisoft trailers play games.
0: Yes. We tried to talk like them. It's impossible. (laughs) (laughs) No. uh, Yeah, I'd like the look of it. I like the beater. I um, just—it's time. It's—it's time that prevents me from getting it. Trials of the Blood Dragon, we've already talked quite a bit about. Um, South Park, the Fractured Butthole, I am looking forward to because I really liked the Stick of Truth. That was a great game. Can I just say, talking about your,
1: um, you're not getting the um, the the Katamari pun earlier. Yeah, it was only when we were discussing this during our pre-show kind of briefing when you said Fractured Butthole uh, that I got the pun.
0: And <laughs> I, I like the way you said. Pre-show briefing, <laughs> and not just what the hell are we going to talk about? <laughs> oh Jesus! I try and paint a veneer of uh, professionalism across us. <laughs> I like the fact people still think we have show notes. Well, tell me we have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, three words written on pen on your hand don't really count. It's a note, isn't it? What you're whinging about? <laughs> Back to Ubisoft. The one that really surprised me, and we were talking about VR earlier, and I said, "Oh, there might be some good experiences out there." Star Trek Bridge Crew. And the way they presented this, actually getting three Star Trek actors to play it, do you know? It, do you know? I, I just love. Oh, what a great idea!
1: Can I just have a moment here to explain? When I saw this, so the the three actors they have playing it are LeVar Burton, who was uh, Geordie Forge in the Next Generation. They had is I want to say Jerry Ryan. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, Jerry Ryan, who was Seven of Nine, and then the third guy. Help me out. Carl Urban, and then Carl Urban, and I had a moment where I was just like, I'd completely forgotten. Okay, so Carl Urban plays McCoy in the new films, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, I mean, I would genuinely, I was surprised to see him in there with the the TV show guys. But
1: it, well, well I'd sense.
0: I'd completely, I'd completely forgotten about the fact he was in the new films.
1: So I was sat there going, "Why is Carl Urban there?" And I'm like, "Is it because he's? Is it because he's a Will Riker lookalike? <laughs> Do people think he looks like Will Wheaton?" I don't know. Why is why is he there? And I was like, oh, yeah, new films. Okay,
0: totally right. The whole, I thought it great fun. The whole premise of it, I thought that is using VR a little bit differently. So it's that, that talk about, all right, those four guys were in the same room, but you wouldn't have to be in the same room to interact with these people around you and manage that coordination and direction that you can't necessarily get just being on a TV screen at the moment. And I thought it looked really interesting from that point of view. Hopefully it'll have some substance to it, but, but you know what video
1: gamers are like. Well, yeah. video gamers want to go and do their own thing, and I, I, I do just wonder: is it going to be an absolute nightmare playing with run? Like, if you end up with a bunch of randoms, you just go lower shields. Oh, off. Uh, <laughs> no, I, um, I is think it won't be a won't complete be with nightmare. This. I don't know.
0: I think it'll have a particular audience, and it it will be Star Trek fans. <laughs> Star Trek fans. Yeah, um, and you will have to play it seriously because if you don't. Oh, you're get, the are gonna get kicked off. Can will be on you. Oh dear. Sorry.
1: Um, I, I was, I was, I was desperately fumbling for another one, but I didn't get it. Um, do you well, know what it made be, me think? would
0: just be interaction. Oh Jesus. Do
1: you know what it made me You'll think? Be on We'd the void absolute... if we get it wrong. Oh, seriously, dude, just stop it. This is painful. All
0: right, I I'll give up now.
1: Honestly, I thought we were going to be going on for generations. Hey, that doesn't mean you can start. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Do you know what it made me think we'd make an awesome co-op VR game?
0: No, go on what? Quantum Leap. Oh yeah, that would be amazing. Actually, that'd be really good. You know what? That's that's <laughs> not a yeah. Yeah, because that's a same room co-op with, with one one of you sat there with a pad on the TV screen as Ziggy and the other one actually in the Oh, that's a great idea. How good how good would that be? Tell prof and Brian to get a developing one now.
1: Yeah, that'd be awesome. Oh d- yes. Uh, so i'll I'll be honest i was quite excited when i heard about star trek bridge crew i've been looking for a good star trek game for years and years and years and it's not quite come along there's the 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 mobile one we talked about recently was pretty good but i would just love a really really decent star trek console game but i can't quite think of what it is yet
0: no and this is getting close we'll have to wait and see we'll see what bridge crew does that might be the thing that really works it's about immersion in that universe. That's what sells the franchise as it is, and that's what people want. And maybe VR can offer that experience finally.
1: Yeah. Um, okay, so you've said, oh, oh, Steep. Steep's coming as well.
0: Yes. And I, at the back of my mind, I did kind of think, oh, is it going to be a bit SSX? But I don't think it is. I think it's, it seems it looks, a little bit more serious than that.
1: Looks better. It looks, looks interesting. It looks like it could be... It looks quite relaxing, some of the gameplay, actually.
0: And that will be, and that's later this year, isn't it? it is actually out in—is it November or December? It's—I uh, tell you one thing that came from Ubisoft, they have an awful lot coming at the back end of this year. So do Bethesda, and I think we did an article a couple of years ago about how the back end of the year was going to bankrupt people with how many good games are coming. I think this year is going to be worse. Are you—are uh, you in for Watch Dogs Two? Not sure yet. I probably will, but it'll depend what it comes up against. Um, because I've got my eye on on Skyrim, but I think Watch Dogs is October, isn't it? Skyrim's late November. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. I, I may do. I'm, I may
1: do. I was a little bit, oh, you know, being there, fingers burnt. i, I watched the, I watched the trailers and um, and the gameplay in the conference, and I I did come away from it thinking, oh, I've kind of I've been bitten by the bug again. We'll we'll have to see. I'm kind I'm, of, I might I might do. Kind of interested, especially with this this kind of this more you know the context sensitive hacking and things. It's it's more interesting. It looks like it. It just made me think of the difference between the earlier Assassin's Creed games and,
0: and Brotherhood. Okay, right, shifting then. on from Ubisoft. In, in fairness, I think we were quite um, when it came to the rest of our publishers or developers. We were thinking there weren't many with major conferences, and I think that's ended up being the case, hasn't it? Every, everybody else has had kind of announcements, but they didn't have a full on show. Um, Telltale did confirm the Batman, classic Batman series, which we yep. talked about, which is good, because um I'm quite looking forward to that. Uh we said that Take Two would not announce Red Dead Redemption 2, and they didn't. So we'll take that as a win. Okay. It's a vague one, but <laughs> Tell US. Bioshock Collection wasn't announced. In fact, 2K had a relatively quiet time, I think. They did more Mafia 3. Um, more gameplay footage of that because that's due later this year, but they, they were actually pretty quiet, which was surprising. I thought we might have had something about the sports games, but maybe they just know the, the yearly iterations so people won't be too too bothered about them at E3 is a big announcement. Um, Deep Silver did put out gameplay footage of Agents of Mayhem. It looks interesting still. I'm not not 100% sure what it's going to play like. I need to see more to really understand that.
1: Okay, uh, Warner.
0: Yeah, again, all this stuff got the Warner stuff got leaked as well, didn't it? Before the press conference, um, in fact, no, before the show started because I don't think they actually had a press conference. But Injustice Two, um, there were some trailers came out for that. Um, I think we talked about that quite a bit of length last time. Um, yeah, looks okay. Whether I play it or not is another thing. And I'm scratching my head Sadly. to think what else did Warner announce apart from Batman Arkham VR? I
1: can't, I can't think of anything else. I it was, just, I was actually. I was genuinely quite sad that we didn't see anything about a Superman game.
0: Yeah, that would have been nice. Um, I'm wondering if that that whole rumour is just that now, just a rumour and, and there never will be one. Rebellion gave us the release date for Sniper Elite 4, big fans of the Sniper Elite series here, um, and yeah. that's coming out in February next year. And then I think from publishers that we talked about, Square Enix is the last one. And no real surprises on what they talked about. Deus Ex, we got more Deus of that. Deus Ex and Final Fantasy Fifteen. Yeah, nothing about the Final Fantasy Seven remake, which blew people away last year and excited everybody, and then we've heard nothing I, since. I thought they were demoing some of it there. If it was in Might the wrong, demo, but... fair enough, but I, there hasn't been anything about a release that I've seen. Um, And we've had quite a few Square Enix press releases come through, and I haven't seen it mentioned on those.
1: Lots about fifteen and the new worlds and um and the the universe around it, including the film from Square this week. Actually, yeah,
0: yeah. So it a lot about the new game, um, which the, the, we even got a separate announcement or, um, or a separate email about the ability. Is it the ability to pause whilst you're in combat so that new players can figure out what's going on? Yeah. Now this is this is this. What did they call it? Hold mode or something? Or yeah, I can't remember the actual mode? name that they gave it. But there, there is something... Yeah, One is second. it wait? It is. It's wait mode, isn't
1: it? Wait mode, isn't it? Now that, to me, when I read that, I was just like, isn't isn't that just the turn-based mechanic that they always used to have? Yeah,
0: that's what I thought. <laughs> right, okay, good. It's not just me then. Right, fine. <laughs> so so that was it. You know, There's a lot of stuff I'll, come I'll, out of E3. That I think there's an awful lot that we weren't... We either didn't have a clue about or just weren't expecting more information on. And that's great. That's exactly what we want from these kind of shows. New stuff, not just updated footage of old things. Mm, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um so our our last bits then were our wild speculations. Well, before, hold on. Before before we do our wild speculation. Okay. Um
1: let's just have a quick look at um some of the the questions that we've had on Facebook about what they wanted or what, what we should be talking about. So uh, Paul Curran wants to talk about Days Gone, which we've done. Our very own Graham wanted to talk about VR, which I think we've done a bit of, A Neo.
0: Yeah, and we know... Talked a
1: bit about Neo, but...
0: Yeah, yeah, we know from this week that Graham's pre-ordered his VR um, and yeah. he's not got a launch day version, unlike no, two other which, members of which the we,
1: Moments team. We both have. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, The antithesis of Graham's comment is um, Matt Holloway, Square Freak, who said, I want a podcast with no mention of VR or new consoles. Um, Sorry, Matt. Let's not listen to this one, then. Yeah. Oh, Nick
0: Case. Nick Case wanted us to talk about Just Dance.
1: Um, Of course. That was the
0: Ubisoft one as well, wasn't it?
1: That was not the Ubisoft. Just Dance 2017, of course. So, um, interestingly enough, what are we going to see? We're going to see Cheap Thrills from uh, Sia featuring Sean Paul
0: um size daddy
1: queen don't stop me now that's quite a good one
0: that was the tune that they used with the mad ubisoft op- i wonder if it was a just dance opening then it I was, I was it, it all psychedelic with dance. animals and stuff it was stupid but maybe that's what oh, it was. it'll be just
1: it'll be just dance uh, sorry justin bieber that's quite a good one we've got a nice one here ultra club 90 with what is love
0: as made famous by Hadaway. Um, so
1: clearly some dodgy cover.
0: Could then. they not get the rights to Hadaway's version? Which is actually sounds, featured in... I'm sure it featured in the last Saints' Row game. Sounds likely, doesn't it? Yeah. And then um, September by the Equinox
1: Stars, as made famous by Earth, Wind & Fire. So um, we're, we're kind of... we're. Just, just touching on the realms of those um, those dodgy cover CDs there um, been cute, aren't we?
0: Nick wants us to talk about it because of the absolutely appalling track listing there.
1: I don't know. He, I think he just I think he just loves oh, just he's on. just a secret fan, right? I think it's um, it's his most best thing. Ah. Um. The the other thing Nick wanted to talk about was um, the highest quality pixels available on a console, which is a reference to the Scorpio release, isn't it? Where they've basically said. Um, you're gonna get uncompromised pixels, and he makes a yeah. very fair point. A pixel is a pixel. <laughs> what? Yeah, <laughs> I think I think it's marketing speak for it's gonna have native rendering of 4K at 60 hertz. But yeah, he's right. A pixel is a pixel. What, what does that mean? Yeah, Microsoft? uncompromised yeah, what a, what pixel.
0: A stupid comment. So yeah,
1: okay. I think you know. I think it probably means using every single pixel that's available. I don't get it. Anyway. It was weird. It was weird. He's right. Yeah. Graham, again, wanted to know, uh, what were the number of woodwind instruments in the Sony event? It, what The actual count? Yeah, what was the actual count? Um,
0: there were 23. Fabulous, thank you. Um, Gareth Case, Grizzly Creedon. Oh, not heard from him in a while. Has he got some no, he, better informed Nintendo stuff than we have?
1: No, he hasn't, but he's got an interesting point about um, Windows and Xbox. So he says, the Windows 10 strategy for Xbox owners Um, I'm wondering what incentive Xbox owners have anymore for owning an Xbox for exclusives now that they're getting versions on Windows 10. Um, He says there's an added value proposition. uh, It works, but when it comes to exclusive software, all Xbox owners have left for the most part is Halo and Dead Rising 4. And then, of course, Nick makes the point that um, Dead Rising 4 is actually a PC exclusive for 90 days. So what do Xbox owners get in return?
0: It's it's a little bit back to... I mean, well, you know, you know where I stand with it. I, I'm not yeah, 100 oh, yeah, percent totally. sure on what these new consoles are offering us, and that's just kind of, kind of what he's asking. But what's the point? Because you're just ending up being a PC gamer,
1: which I think, there's nothing wrong with know, that for, at all. For me, I think it's it's the convenience of having something that you can put in your living room, you can connect it to your television, and when you turn it on, it's a console ready to play games, and and the, you don't have the the hassle of it being a PC in your living room, as it were. But it's getting tenuous. It is getting more and more tenuous. It's, and as you say, it's is it basically just a just a, a rebranded Steam machine, as it were.
0: Do we have any more questions? No, that was it. Okay, so our main event then our wild speculations.
1: Yeah, so um, you didn't do badly.
0: Well, I had two wild speculations. I had one that um, Star Wars 1313 would be resurrected as the EA game that Visceral and Amy Hennig are working on. Um, I don't think that's the case. We did see a bit of footage, but they didn't really talk about a title or anything, but I'm pretty sure that that's that's not not the way. But my second one was, and I genuinely was expecting this to not come true, um, was that Kojima would appear at the Sony press conference and give us a title and logo for his new game. He did more than that. He gave us a trailer. Yeah. Once he said it, everything fell
1: into place for me, and it was like, no, he he has to be there because it's such a marketing coup that if he hadn't have been there, it it was just like Sony were throwing away money. Do you know what I mean? It's just he had to be there. But I was I was impressed with how much we got. I, when I say how much we got, I mean literally a naked Norman Reedus.
0: Yeah. So so we now know that Death Stranding is weird, um, but. In fairness, it's like every other Hideo Kojima trailer. Until you play the game, you've no idea what it's about. A, a Konami kind of kicking themselves
1: now that they've let Hideo and Norman both go? Because you, you've got to think, is he, just, is he making Silent Hills on his own? I, well, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm going to make my own Silent Hills Ooh. with Blackjack and hookers. <laughs> <laughs> Screw the Blackjack.
0: <laughs> uh, it could be, because it does have that very much a Silent Hill vibe. Um, and it's something... It was weird. I mean, when that when that baby disappeared and seemed to turn into oil, that was just oh. weird. I go back to um, probably early 2000s. If Konami had released any trailer for any horror game, that's what it would have looked like. It would have had that feel and that vibe to it. And I think you're right. I think he's just going to go away and said, all right, we can't do Silent Hills, but I can do my own version with someone else, and I'm still going to use Norman because he's well up for it brilliant so yeah, Dead I was, Sea Life as well I, yeah, I was well impressed that that came true
1: no that was that was a good call and
0: we're probably still about three years away from the release of a game
1: so call it now you're um you're a you're a big Kojima fan I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I don't know if it's true or not you like his <laughs> games tell me now I don't care I don't care how wild the speculation oh, is God. I want you to tell me the synopsis of death stranding as you see it oh
0: <laughs> you know I can't even begin I can't even begin there's, there's, all I could think is there's some underlying like for the whole of the Metal Gear series, it's been about nuclear proliferation, and there's been there's basically the subtext of everything. Or well, this time, it, it's got to be it's got to be Norman actually setting up and running Big Shell to um to obviously protect <laughs> the marine wildlife and, and stop those oil spills. That that's what it's about.
1: I think I think it's about. I love that, brother. That's a good idea. The the rise of Big Shell.
0: And it's um, it's going to be I think the, the destruction it's... of Big Shell, told from his viewpoint. You know, his ride and infiltrates it. Oh yeah, he's just he's
1: just a guy on the beach, and all of a sudden there's a massive oil slick. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I like I like that idea. Yeah, it's it's like it's like the um, it's a meta story. So to, um, to Metal Gear Solid two. <laughs> so what do you? Think? I think it's about. I think it's about uh, Norman Reedus is um, is a biker in. A world of the future where we've run out of um, of petroleum oil, and some big company has come up with a way of using nano machines to turn dead humans into oil that we can use in our cars and to make plastic and stuff with you know all the cool stuff that we like at the moment. And it's gone horribly wrong, and it's just infected everyone except for Norman Reedus.
0: So it's basically Mad Max. It's all the runoff of the.
1: Yeah, but it, yeah, it, it's all the runoff of all the live humans in the world who um who've been turned into oil. It's all run into the oceans and it's killed all the whales. Okay. And it's nano machines' fault. That's right. It's well, just it's that, gonna be just a massive piece about how bad nano machines are.
0: That wouldn't be and the first thing. How time.
1: anybody who based an entire game series around them is essentially an idiot.
0: <laughs> right. So both of us will be nowhere near on that stuff. No, I think I've nailed it. <laughs> what was, just remind us, what was your wild speculation last week? My my wild
1: speculation was that Ubisoft were going to announce a new Splinter Cell game with Michael Ironside. And did we get
0: anywhere near that at all? No, no. no we didn't, did we? No. no. I, I think that's that's wishful thinking for both of us, in fairness. I'd love that as well but I don't think we're ever going to see that, sadly. we will just have to go back and play the remastered versions on the PS3. Do do
1: you know, know, I wish I'd said something completely mental like Ubisoft were going to make a VR Star Trek game. (laughs) You you should have done. (laughs) It's like the most completely bonkers thing I could think of, and it's real.
0: (laughs) So I think for the whole of the free conference from our predictions and what we talked about, we were close, no cigar there. If we played bingo with this, we'd be... Well, we'd be walking out with empty pockets. Yeah. I remember,
1: when the fun stops,
0: stop. Say advice. device. Okay.
1: Um, so, right. Well, that's, that's E3. Should we, should we draw a line under that now?
0: I think we have to. i would be surprised if anybody's still awake. So, Codec Momentum is something we run each month where you are given momentum to finish a game from your pile of shame. So something that sat in your back catalogue that you really wish you completed, but you hadn't. Why not pick it up, say, I'm going to finish this game. Go to our webpage, moments.com forward slash Momentum 2016 or just go to moments.com pick the link off the main page, and enter the form. Tell us what game you're going to finish. If you complete that game by the end of the month and send us a screenshot of that completion, you're entered into our prize draw, and you can win equivalent of 10 pounds if you pledge what we call a finisher which is you're going to 100% again, get a game get platinum trophy full achievements everything done on it and you come out of the prize draw we double it and give you equivalent of 20 pounds like last month's winner which was a square freak um we really need people to take part this month because we've only got one finish person so far and that's calm yeah. So at Psalm 67, who has won month before last, I think he was, we don't want him to win again. We want somebody else to get it. So please, enter, go to the webpage and be calm.
1: Yeah, so if you've entered already, because quite a few people have entered already, then do uh, let us know how you're getting on. Let us know your progress.
0: Yeah, that's it. Drop us a note on Facebook. Drop us a note on Twitter. Anything, just to let us know how it's going. You've got to the midnight on the 30th of June to send us your completed screenshots. Cool. And that's it. I think I think that's the show. Cool.
1: Right, okay. Well, that's good. Um. Thank you very much, Matthew.
0: Thank you, Andrew. Um, it's, I like that. It's been a pleasure as always. Uh,
1: if you want to get in touch with us, then tweet at CodecMoments. You can drop us an email to contact-us at codecmoments.com. Or you can, uh, you can search for our
0: Facebook group and leave
1: us a message on our
0: wall. Or you could even leave us a voicemail on Skype. We've got loads of different ways of contacting us. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, I, yeah, I forgot about that. You you ought to go and check the mailbox. I want to. I was just
1: getting really random messages from people like, Hi, can I be your friend? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I know you don't listen. You're clearly not one of our listeners. You're just a weird spam we person. Maybe,
0: maybe we ought to, in the future podcast, have a compilation of the strangest messages we've received. I know
1: they're, they're like text messages.
0: Oh, I thought the voicemails were, like, proper voicemails.
1: Oh, no, if they were proper voicemails, I'd definitely be using Like, if someone was like, hi, can I be your friend? I'd definitely use that, absolutely. We forgot to do the um, the Morse code. We've had two Morse code messages, which I sent oh, to we you have. for decoding.
0: We have, and have decoded them. Um, what It's been they so long since I've decoded them, I've forgotten what they said. <laughs> <laughs> they were Oops. really good messages as well. They were brilliantly done, and I've totally forgotten. Wait, I if you will... Wanna put them in the text of the page for this podcast. We
1: did have more Morse code messages. Uh, and Matt will Matt will
0: get on it. For once it's not me who's, who's dragged my feet. Yeah. Yeah. I'll 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 do I will put them in the text of this page. and um, because it was Mike Tack that sent us it again and uh and it was a good message. The man knows his Morse. He does. He does. And on that
1: note, I think it's time to say goodbye. <laughs> Yeah, thanks very much for listening. It's been uh, it's been a fun one
0: actually. I feel I feel like we've actually made some salient points. I think we have. I I, I can't believe how long we've talked for. In fairness, um, let's hope that um, <laughs> let's hope it's interesting. Fingers crossed. Let us know if you're interested. Uh,
1: if you're not, probably not worth a tweet.
0: <laughs> Don't just randomly
1: send us abuse. Yeah, if I if I wanted random abuse, I'd speak to my mother more often. Anyway, um,
0: <laughs> I hope she doesn't listen to this. Not anymore
1: right thanks very much and uh, we'll we'll speak to you soon we'll speak soon
0: goodbye everyone (laughs) take care bye